Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to Friday Night Fright. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. Let's get right into it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Happy Friday, Ryan. Yes. Welcome to Friday. Yeah. I've been here all day. (laughs) (laughs) So's your mom. I need to actually get a soundboard ready just so I can actually hear those sounds instead of putting them in post. Right. So I would use it all the time, just random effects. I'm sure you would. I probably would. Every time a podcaster gets a soundboard, there's that phase where they're like using it way too much at first. You yeah. know, where they're like they're just fucking stoked to have it. Yeah. I mean I I I have my pads back there. I could easily set it up. I just haven't. Yeah. Huh. I mean, how do you feel about actually having a live soundboard? I think it'd be funny. It'd be fun. I would find something that you say that is obnoxious. Yeah. And then just like in you know, in specific moments I would do it. Yeah. You just clip it to fuck with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of a lot of podcasters like play their intro live. They like play their intro music and everything live to like get in the Yeah. Get in the groove. It's like a hype sesh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's listened to the show knows how fucking hyped we are all the time anyway. And how hyped our intro is, because who, buddy, does it slap? (laughs) (laughs) On God. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Boy. I do really love the Friday Night Fright intro. I I do like the Friday Night Fright one. It is. It's, It's fun. It is. It's fun. It always makes me think of Halloween or like Tales from the Crypt. Going to the circus or Tales from the Crypt, yeah. Yeah. yeah it has Tales from the Crypt vibes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We could easily the, like, turn that into a show. You remember the intro for Tales from the Crypt where the camera's like going through the like labyrinth, the like underground, like going down the hallways, and then it eventually finds the crypt keeper's coffin and he comes up out of the coffin, you know? See that's how I see when we start to actually do YouTube. I see an intro for it going through the forest, almost yeah. like Evil Dead vibes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love something like that. Oh, I love it too. If any animators are listening that would like to contribute some animation, we that have would been be looking for them. Yes. We've absolutely been looking for them. Yes, we um, have. We really want just like a solid animated something like we'll we'll have a chat about it and work out exactly we have a bunch of ideas but just something animated 
to play on the YouTube videos while the audio. And it's not much either. Like two minutes of animation is it? Yeah. So we get that. I think we'll be solid. Yeah. We've got everything else ready to go. We just need that. True. So how are you feeling about October so far? You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been an October, an October to remember, as I always say. Um, Have you done any haunts this year? Uh, did do one. Um, it was, it was uh mostly an outside haunt, like you go in and out, but mostly outside, and it was pouring rain. Oh man! And the sets were beautiful, but yeah. They were missing a lot of the a lot of the scare actors, which was really unfortunate. And I think maybe it was because of the weather, or it was yeah. also opening night, so that was kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, it was still good nonetheless. Like I said, the sets were fantastic. Yeah, those things are usually volunteer based. Yeah, right. So yeah. like, I can imagine some people not showing up if the weather is yeah terrible. But I yeah, I have I have a few more planned. Um, actually. Next Friday night, I have a couple planned. Nice. So, yeah. Should be a good time. That's cool. I know that's like one of the things you really look forward yeah. to every year for October. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite things about spooky season is just going to haunts. There's just something about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm one of those guys that as I'm going through, you have like the scare actors that are there like just trying to scare you. And I'm just like looking around them just to look at all their sets and everything that's really cool yeah and then like by the time we're like a quarter of the way through it the group behind us is finally caught up and they probably started at least like five to ten minutes after us yeah because i just like to take my time i like to take it all in i don't know you know yeah like i hate to just rush through a hunt and it's like wow that seems really fast but i mean i know that that's the better way to go because then yeah you have all and you get to do all like these sudden, you know, sudden like scares and whatever else. But at the yeah. same time, like I just, I, I, there's something about the art and the craft about putting these haunts together that amazes me. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm there for. So there's a really good one in a small, a small town around one of the few towns around here that's smaller than the one I live in. Um, there's a really good one that I'll have to tell you about. I'm not, not sure if you have heard about it, but okay, it's yeah, I'd it, like to hear about it. It's new. They just opened it for the first time last year, um, but super well reviewed. Sweet, so I like that big elaborate sets and rural setting. Okay, so yeah, close to home. Yeah, sweet, very close. Well, then, see, I like that because I can just do that on a normal whatever night. Yeah, absolutely. They took down. One of my favorite ones of all time was Fear Fair in Seymour, Indiana. Um, such a fantastic haunt. Literally, I mean, the best one I've ever been to. Yeah. Uh, they were so good, so in-depth. Their set design was off the charts, like, completely. Their actors were amazing. Everything about it was fantastic. Um, last year... I had planned to go one night and we decided, well, you know, like I wasn't really feeling driving down to Seymour because that's a drive. Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's just uh, go to one that's like an hour away, you know? Yeah. And we'll, you know, unfortunately, like, as much as I wanted to, like, I was like, all right, I'll just hold off till next year. You know, I yeah. mean, I know that they've been getting better and better every year. 
Uh, earlier this year, they announced that they were shutting their doors. Ah, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yep. It's um. So it broke it's my. It's gorgeous broke my down there. Heart. It's gorgeous down there in the fall oh, yeah. too. I mean, it's, it's a really pretty Southern area. Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Did you ever do Indy Scream Park? Yeah, I, I mean, I generally go to that one once a year or once every other year. How is um, it? It's it's been the same for years. Okay. Like I like what they do. They're I mean they're pretty decent. You know, it's uh it's an all ages hot. Um Fear Fair was eighteen or over, which I like that. I like an R rated hot. I like an extreme hot and stuff like that. But sure. Um Screen Park it, it it's good for what they do. Um but like I said, it's always it's been the same for like the last five years. And this year they finally added a new hot. So Nice. Which is which is pretty cool, and I have no I have no plans to go <laughs> go this year. So <laughs> um, we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll they'll still have it for next year, but yeah, just on not on my list. Um, there's a couple in Ohio uh, that we're discussing, and then there's one in Illinois as well. So nice. Yeah, there's uh, um Land of Illusion in Ohio, which is ranked really well and it has stellar reviews, and it's only like two hours from here. So yeah, yeah. that's not bad. The one that I am going to tell you about, they um, surprisingly enough, it's put on by a church, but it's it's but it's mm. super dark. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't know that it was put on by a church. But yeah, what I like about it is they take they use the admissions from their from their haunt to fund like um, during Thanksgiving, Christmas, they sponsor like underprivileged families. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, that's and nice. that's what I like a good. That's cause. what they use the admissions for. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, any any of you listeners that also enjoy going to haunts, or if you have, if you've gone to extreme haunts, R-rated haunts, anything like that, let's talk about them because again, those are my favorites. Yeah, maybe we'll um, throw a post up on Instagram where we can discuss. Yeah. See if people want to want to get in and make some recommendations and talk about their favorite For ones. For sure. For sure. That would be awesome. Especially yeah. I mean around like Midwest area. Yep. You know, I, eventually one of my goals is like one year to just go as far as I can to haunts. Yeah. Um make but, a road trip out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal and I think that would be really neat. Uh, there's this YouTuber that I watch, and they that that's what they're doing. Like they've been building up um, their YouTube channel for a while, and they're finally big enough to where they can go cross country. Yeah, and they used to stick primarily in the Midwest. So, right on. Yeah. The Midwest is the land of haunts. It is for sure. It is. It really is. It's, but in man, October, like, you can't. You could pretty much throw a rock and hit a haunt. Yeah, they're all over the place. One of my other goals, like lifelong goals is to do a home hunt yeah and i think we've we've talked about it maybe maybe yeah. a little bit over the years uh of doing the show but it's like the way that i could do it is in my backyard because it's massive and uh i had uh, my mur- murder mystery party this last weekend and uh one of our buddies chris was over and we were actually talking about it he's like he's like dude your yard would be perfect for it because I mean, like the way that I'd want to do it is like I have, it's it's all like fenced in, and I mean it's really tall fencing, and so there'd be an entrance on the side, 
there would be an entrance exit and then it'd basically be a maze throughout the whole thing that would be covered and yeah yeah just done super cool and you know with little sets in between and nice home haunts around here unfortunately aren't as common as they are especially out west um there's actually they're they're really popular out there and i want that i want that around here i know i have a friend who lives in uh montana yeah and it's like super common for ranchers out there to do like huge sprawling haunts in october on their land just because they have so much land you know what i mean like yeah we're a little more compacted here in the midwest like some people like turn their houses into a haunt oh yeah and just i dig that that's super cool like that was a big thing in the 90s that like parents would people would do with their houses for halloween night like exclusively you know what i mean like you'd actually invite the trick-or-treaters in and like they would walk through the maze or whatever yeah of your house (laughs) man i want that like i want that so bad um yeah i just i i I have so many cool ideas for haunts that i think could 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 do really well and just because i've been to so many and you know i i see like what works for me and I'm a very difficult person to scare, especially at a haunt. Like, yeah, I I mean, someone can be right on my back or grab me or something. I'm just like, oh hey, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, even if I'm least suspecting it, it just I don't know. I'm very difficult to like to catch off because, guard in a case like that. You think that's because you're so into the technical aspects of it? Maybe like, that could be it. Like, like like trying to impress a a musician with a song is much harder. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Yeah, because you know how the sausage is made, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the whole thing, or maybe since I'm so into like just looking around, it just like a whole lot doesn't phase me. Yeah, you know, it kind of takes a lot to break me out of that trying to immerse myself within this sort of thing. Right, that makes sense. It's cool that you still like find a way to enjoy them, though. Oh yeah. Because a lot I mean, of people, when they get into the technical side of things, they start to like get jaded. I I, I, lo- them, I also yeah. love going with people that get scared and mm-hmm. go like get jump scared very easily. That would because be because it's just so fun just <laughs> to watch people. Like especially my mom. My mom likes to go to haunts with me, and she scares so easily. <laughs> yeah, and it's the funniest thing, and just it's just really fun. Yeah, yeah. Have you? I mean. My mom was always like that too. Like she was the she was she's always been the kind of person that you can like clap all of a sudden in the room yeah. and she's like, Oh god, what was that? Yeah. I mean there were a lot of times as like growing up, I would walk into the room, she would notice. She'd like yeah. turn and then she'd just like freak out. She's like, I didn't like, even see you come in here. <laughs> yeah. So I do that all the time. Cause I like when I'm doing like doing dishes or cooking dinner or something, I wear my my headphones just kind of in your own world basically yeah yeah and my daughter in particular will walk up behind me (laughs) and just like touch me like she won't enter she won't you know announce herself she'll just walk up and like put her hand on my shoulder or something and i'm like jesus christ like why would you do that to me (laughs) that's Uh, awesome yeah i i feel like i'm like I'm like the perfect demographic for haunts. Then you should be Does going it, to them. I I haven't been to one since I was in like the sixth grade. That's so sad. They 
Yeah. There's just something about it. Like, I mean, even again, like, even if you don't get scared or if you happen to get like one jump scare and you're like uh-huh. thrilled about it the whole night, you know, like you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Or if you do jump scare easily, then you're going to walk out of there and be like, wow, that was a lot of fun. Like, you know, sure. Your, your heart's going and you're stoked. You're ready to do the next one. <laughs> or if you're one of those people that it happens and you're like, I don't want to do this ever again. Yeah. That's that's probably it. the the one I went to when I was in like the sixth grade kind of fucked me up. <laughs> so yeah, well I remember the the like finale, the end of it. You're like, because it was like a haunted. I want to say it was like a haunted corn maze, but then it like backed up into like a forest, yeah. like a wooded area, and so the final part of it was on this path through the woods. Nice and. They had like a dude with a chainsaw out there in the woods, That's pretty you common, know, yeah. fa- fairly standard. Um, but like, I remember because, yeah, I was in the sixth grade. So that's what, like 11? I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. And my younger sister was with us and she was like, she would have been like nine. And I had a friend with me and my mother. And, everyone was fucking terrified like there was no like Mm. there was there was no one going like it's okay we just need to go this way you know what i mean like even my mom was a mess so like yes yeah it was rough now see i i really dig haunts that are like in woods and stuff there's actually another local one that they've been killing it um I've went the last couple of years as well. And it's like partially, it starts out in this like little building. And then you walk towards like the forest and you're going through like, you get deep into it. But there's all these like, these like, uh, different set, like settings and stuff, like different buildings you go through, different things you see, um, you know, and it's done it's done very well but i really like that especially through the forest i mean because there's already something about like walking through the woods at night right yep um you know so it really like helps to set like set that kind of that just ominous tone of it all and right yeah yeah, it creates a whole vibe for sure but one thing that gets me though that i i do very poorly at not not due to like being scared just because like there's no sense of okay so i I guess it it, it, if i don't apply context it's not going to make sense so a blackout haunt okay so where there's absolutely no lights yeah there's there might be a rope that you have to follow yeah but then there's like scare actors and stuff like that um or there might be like flash lights or loud sounds whatever else yeah I don't do well with those because my eyes take so long to adjust to the dark. And that's, and that's what it's all about too. It's like taking that, you know, that sense away from you. And like, I'm like holding onto this rope, just trying to like make my way through. And I always somehow seem to lose it. Yeah. So I'm like feeling the walls and like, I can't see shit. And it's just like, uh, those ones, it's actually unsettling it's not i don't know it's it's unsettling because like i feel like i get lost yeah it's directionless exactly yeah but yeah i mean feeling lost is i think that's the 
that's the intention of a like haunted corn maze. Yeah. Is that like a, a lack of direction? Cause you're already on, you're already on your back foot because you're lost. Right. Right. Like you're, you're in a maze. So like, there's no, if I just keep going this way, I'll get through it. You know what I mean? Now I like those when you get like a glow stick yeah. and that's your only source yeah, that of guides light. you. Because then yeah. I can at least kind of, you know, make sense of where I'm at and the direction I'm going and stuff like that. And I don't get turned around. Do you mean a glow stick like in the distance that you will go toward? Or do you no, mean like you one hold. that you hold? Yeah, you okay, just hold it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a glow stick doesn't put off. It puts off minimal light, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, especially if I'm following a wall or following like a specific path, I can mm-hmm. at least use that to get myself on track. Yeah. It's like when all that's taken away from me is what messes with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I would be terrified in a haunt like that. Yeah. Like with no direction. I just yeah. I don't like I don't like pure darkness because I can't see where I'm going, yeah. what I'm doing or whatever. Like it's like I said, once that sense is taken away from you, it's just You yeah. don't get dark vision very easily. It takes a while. Like, I don't know why yeah. it takes it just it takes a while for me and my eyes to adjust to the darkness. That's how one of my kids are. Like yeah. they've their whole life they've been like, I need a nightlight. Like they've needed a nightlight, and mm-hmm. it's not because. And they'll tell you it's like it's not that I'm afraid of the dark. It's that I literally can't see anything. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, no, your eyes will adjust. And they're like, yeah, they don't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. There's been, is that a thing? There's been many a times where I've, like, hit my shin on something or, like, on the edge of the bed, even though, like, you know? Yeah. But I just think I can't see shit. Or I'll literally run into a wall. Yeah. I've done that a few times. <laughs> I can... I, <laughs> Which sucks, but, you know. I don't know. My, like, my actual vision is pretty shit. Yeah. Like... It's pretty awful. Like, my prescription in my glasses is insane. But, like, my dark vision is solid. Like, I can read a book in the dark. <laughs> that's, like, that's complete just, dark. Give me, like, five minutes. Me. You give me, like, five minutes in the total darkness, and I can read a book. I feel like my night, my nighttime vision has definitely gotten worse over the years. Everything else, I see perfectly fine, but it's, like, at night, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Which is different now. So that's how my dad was. He he like he never needed he didn't need glasses until he was like in his late fifties. Just the last couple of years he was alive, he needed glasses to like read. Yeah. But like his night vision by his by the time he was in his thirties, his night vision was garbage. Like he wouldn't even drive at night. That's how bad it got. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I mean it's not like it's not it's not so bad I can't drive at night. You know, it's just like I feel like it's it's less than it definitely less than it used to be. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that that also adds to it. I don't I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. You wanna read some stories? Yeah, let's get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hey, at least the tangent in this episode had to do with spooky. Don't season. even start. <laughs> <laughs> so i was listening now that we're going to talk about it, i want to talk about it for a minute just for a minute uh-huh. hang on let me keep track of the time so 
I went from editing that episode where we talked about, and you're like, I really love fall, everything about it. It's like, I'm so excited for it, you know? And like, I don't want to be super cold, like, you know, whatever else. And the next episode, you're like, I just want to be cold. I, you know, I think I, I think of fall because I think it's that transition uh-huh. to getting colder. And it's like, you just, <laughs> I don't think you know where you're at yet. Yeah. My, I, I mean, my opinion changes day to day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it all depends on what i just dealt with i mean yeah i know what i I think that's that's fair that's fair for sure (laughs) but it just it made me laugh like yeah comparing just comparing the two listening through them yeah that makes sense anyhow let's get right into it so you've been going first i have the last couple episodes i think i think tonight's your night yeah this is your time to shine my friend your time i'm excited Okay, you should be. Everyone else should have their listening ears on as well. Yeah, get them on. Um, <laughs> my my story has a solid ass title this week. My story has a shitty ass title. Awesome. So yeah, <laughs> but does it have a colon? Yeah, all the suggestions did. I didn't go off of. I just like. I finally was just like, fine. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah, this will be okay. My story. My story is called The Eve of Darkness. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's, yeah. that's cute. It's not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Eve of Darkness. The air was thick with the scent of decay and anticipation. Ravenbrook, a quaint little town nestled amidst the towering pines, was cloaked in the eerie glow of Halloween night. Children darted through the streets, adorned in elaborate costumes their laughter echoing off the shadowy facades of old buildings. But within the heart of this celebration lurked an ominous presence, a harbinger of darkness that would soon unleash its terror upon the unsuspecting town. Is this by chance a harbinger of doom? Almost always. Right? Amidst the throngs of revelers, a young girl named Lily roamed the dimly lit streets her heart pounding with excitement. She wore a white and silver gown, a delicate tiara nestled in her long auburn hair. In her hand, she clutched a Halloween mask, a haunting visage of a sinister, grinning skull with hollow eyes that seemed to pierce through the fabric of reality. The mask was a relic from an old antique store, one of the rare finds that had an air of forbidden mystery about it. As the evening deepened, Lily found herself drawn to the outskirts of town, where the distant sound of trickling water and rustling leaves permeated the air. A dilapidated bridge loomed ahead, its wooden planks creaking under her weight as she stepped onto it. The mask seemed to pulsate in her hand. A faint whisper seemingly emanating from its lifeless features. Her curiosity mingled with a growing sense of unease, but she couldn't bring herself to discard it. It was as though it had claimed her soul, ensnaring her in its macabre allure. A chill wind picked up, rustling the leaves and carrying with it an unsettling melody that seemed to echo from the depths of the nearby woods. Lily hesitated, her gaze drawn to the impenetrable darkness beyond the bridge. A flicker of movement amidst the trees caught her attention, a fleeting glimpse of something otherworldly that slithered through the underbrush. 
Her breath hitched, but a strange compulsion urged her forward, each step bringing her closer to the heart of the forest. The path grew narrower, the trees encroaching upon her with gnarled branches that seemed to claw at the darkness. The air grew heavy, suffused with an oppressive aura that made her skin crawl. Her heart raced and she could feel the mask pulsing in her hand, its grip on her mind tightening like a vice. Whispers now swirled around her, unintelligible voices that seemed to seep from the very fabric of the night. Lily's steps faltered, but an unseen force guided her forward, deeper into the heart of the forbidding woods. A clearing emerged ahead, bathed in a sickly pale light that emanated from a circle of carved pumpkins, with leering grins casting grotesque shadows on the ground. In the center of the eerie tableau stood a weathered oak tree, its branches contorted with grotesque shapes that seemed to writhe in the ghostly glow. At the foot of the tree lay a cryptic symbol, etched into the earth, pulsating with an otherworldly energy that seemed to entwine with the mask's unearthly aura. I like that image. The, like, the yeah. jack-o'-lanterns. It's very, like, classic Halloween. I, I you know mean, there's I mean? just something about jack-o'-lanterns, carved pumpkins, whatever, that just screams Halloween, and it just feels so comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, this is giving goosebumps, for sure. I was going to say, it's, something feels really just familiar about this story thus far. Yeah, I mean, the living mask, mask thing is right. definitely, right? <laughs> yeah. But, like, just the the imagery is very Goosebumps, too. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, Halloween Halloween. I'm into it. I dig it. Lily's breath caught in her throat as the mask suddenly surged with a newfound vitality. Its eye sockets gleaming with an otherworldly light. God, apparently otherworldly is the word tonight. There's, there's always one. At least. I know. I know. I'm just glad it isn't fucking malevolence. Malevolence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I knew right where you were at with that one. Yeah. <laughs> the whispers coalesced into a symphony of sinister murmurs that swirled around her, enveloping her in a cacophony of dread. I was going to say cacophony of shadows or cacophony of dread that was that's another pretty yeah. popular one yeah that's a phrase it likes too yeah. for sure her fingers trembled as the mask slowly lifted itself from her grasp hovering in the air as if guided by some unseen malevolence we spoke too soon <laughs> at least it was a, the noun form right not the adjective yeah. A sense of profound horror gripped her, paralyzing her as she watched the mask float toward the pulsating symbol, its grinning features contorting into an expression of unholy glee. With a deafening crack, the earth beneath the symbol split open, a sickening maw of darkness yawning wide. Lily's screams were lost amidst the chaos as an unseen force seized her, dragging her toward the gaping maw with a relentless determination. She clawed at the ground, her nails splintering against the earth as she fought against the inexorable pull. But it was futile, her struggles in vain against the ancient power that had awoken within the heart of Ravenbrook. 
Now, that's pretty fucking intense for the AI to have yeah. like a little girl's fingernails splintering against the ground as it's dragging her. But it's not bloody. There's no gore yet. But you can see it. Right. And, you yeah, know, yeah. No, that, and that's that's excellent. Even if it just yeah. even if it's just like imagery, whatever. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, I like it. As she tumbled into the darkness, her terrified wails echoed through the forest mingling with the laughter of something ancient and malevolent as the Halloween night in Ravenbrook took a turn toward the macabre and the unknown. Lily's consciousness faded into the swirling abyss, the darkness swallowing her whole as she tumbled into the unknown depths. Images flickered through her mind, phantasmagoric glimpses of ancient rituals and eldritch horrors that seemed to seal her very soul. Time lost all meaning as she traversed this ethereal realm, her identity dissolving into the endless void that enveloped her. A surge of searing pain jolted her back to awareness, her senses assaulted by the acrid stench of decay and the clammy embrace of moist earth. She gasped, her body racked with tremors as she clawed her way to the surface, dirt and roots entangled in her hair and clothing. With a heave, she emerged into the moonlit night, her eyes widening in horror at the sight that greeted her. She stood in the heart of Ravenbrook, but the once familiar streets had transformed into a nightmarish tableau of carnage and chaos. Houses lay in smoldering ruins, their shattered frames engulfed in tendrils of sickly green flames that danced with unholy fervor. The air hummed with an eerie resonance, a discordant symphony that pulsed with a malevolent energy that seemed to permeate the very fabric of reality. A primal urge surged within Lily, a hunger for destruction that welled up from the darkest recesses of her being. The mask, now fused to her face, whispered maddening incantations that coaxed her toward the unsuspecting denizens of Ravenbrook. Smoking! <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, most underrated most underrated comedy of the nineties. <sighs> yeah. The mask is this so, is, this is is so good. This is what's going God, on here. This is like when the bad guy got the mask. <laughs> <laughs> she moved with an unnatural grace, her steps soundless as she glided through the desolate streets. The mask's ghastly visage contorted into a rictus grin that mirrored her own burgeoning malice. In the distance, a flicker of movement caught her attention, the silhouette of a lone figure darting into an alleyway. Lily's lips curled into a predatory sneer as she gave chase, her form a blur of ethereal fury that cut through the darkness like a vengeful specter. The figure stumbled, its desperate gasps echoing off the claustrophobic confines of the alley. With a feral snarl, Lily pounced, her hands curling into talon-like claws as she seized her victim in a vice-like grip. The mask's whispers reached a fevered pitch, goading her to unleash her pent-up savagery upon the hapless soul that writhed in her grasp. She raised her hand, the moonlight glinting off her razor-sharp nails as she prepared to strike. But in that fleeting moment, a fragment of her former self flickered within the depths of her consciousness. 
a spark of humanity that wavered amidst the maelstrom of darkness that threatened to consume her. A muffled cry escaped her lips as she wrenched herself away from the figure, her body trembling with a turbulent mix of revulsion and anguish. The mask's influence wavered momentarily, its hold on her psyche momentarily weakened by the resurgence of her faltering humanity. She staggered back, her mind reeling with the weight of her actions, the realization of the monstrous entity she had become. Yet even as she grappled with her inner turmoil, the mask's insidious influence crept back with a renewed vigor, its whispers coaxing her with promises of power and liberation from the shackles of her former self. Lily's resolve wavered as she teetered on the precipice of her own descent. Torn between the vestiges of her humanity and the seductive allure of the mask's unfathomable power. This is a lot for a little girl to handle. I think. I think this would leave a lasting effect. Yeah. The whole thing about, like, liberation from the shackles of her former self. Yeah. Like, she's like a, she's like a ten-year-old girl. <laughs> the shackles of her former self. Oof. Hope she makes it out alive. Finally, a break from all that, you know, arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> the adding and subtracting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Ten year olds are doing algebra now. Yeah, that's fair. As they should be, though. <laughs> right. With a tortured cry, she tore the mask from her face, its grip relinquishing with a piercing shriek that rent the night. For a fleeting moment, the darkness receded, and Lily found herself bathed in the soft glow of the moon her chest heaving with exertion and trepidation. But the respite was short-lived, for the mask, now lying on the ground before her, pulsed with an unholy vitality, its eye sockets blazing with an infernal light that seemed to leer at her with a perverse sense of triumph. Lily's heart sank as the mask's influence seeped into the very essence of her being, its tendrils entwining with her fractured psyche in a macabre embrace that heralded the unleashing of a terror far beyond her comprehension. That was quite the sentence. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. Shoo. The town of Ravenbrook, once a haven of serenity and innocence, now lay at the mercy of an ancient malevolence that had chosen Lily as its vessel, its instrument of unfathomable devastation on this cursed Halloween night. A sense of resignation washed over her, as the mask's insidious influence reasserted its dominion over her shattered will, her gaze fixated on the pulsating visage before her, its presence a testament to the horrors that had been unleashed upon Ravenbrook. With a shuddering breath, she reached out, her trembling fingers wrapping around the mask's cold surface, as an overwhelming surge of primal energy coursed through her veins. The town lay cloaked in an oppressive silence, the remnants of shattered lives scattered amidst the twisted wreckage that bore witness to Lily's descent into darkness. But in the stillness, a flicker of resolve kindled within Lily's consciousness, a shard of her former self struggling to defy the all-consuming tide of malevolence that threatened to consume her completely. I wish the story was less internal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm getting that, too. Yeah. It's almost like there's just this battle that she's dealing with, and 
Yeah. Not it's the whole really story going on around there. Yeah, she's just like standing somewhere while thinking all of this. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, psychological at least. Yeah. We had the attack in the alley, which I I saw like a glimmer of like, oh, this could be cool, right? Yeah. But then since then, basically nothing has happened. I mean... She's just like taking the mask off and threw it on the ground and then picked it back up. AI doesn't like And it's violence. been like four pages. <laughs> it's been four pages and she just took the mask off and picked it back up. With a defiant cry, Lily tore the mask asunder. It's unholy fragments disintegrating into motes of ethereal darkness that dissipated into the night. The air crackled with an arcane discharge, the vestiges of the mask's influence recoiling in a chorus of anguished wails that echoed through the desolate streets. Lily staggered, her body racked with the aftershocks of her harrowing ordeal, her mind grappling with the lingering echoes of the darkness that had sought to claim her soul. As dawn approached, the first glimmers of light pierced the horizon, casting a gentle glow upon the ravaged town. Lily stood amidst the ruins, her gaze haunted by the specter of her own descent into madness. Tears welled in her eyes, a testament to the profound grief and remorse that burdened her conscience. She stumbled through the streets, the weight of her actions a heavy burden that threatened to consume her. The townsfolk emerged from their homes, their faces etched with a mixture of shock and disbelief as they beheld the wreckage that lay before them. Whispers spread like wildfire, tales of a force that had seized Lily and plunged Ravenbrook into a night of unspeakable horror. But amidst the tales of dread and despair, a glimmer of compassion flickered within their hearts, a testament to the indomitable spirit of a community bound by the shared trauma of a night they would never forget. Because, of course, there always has to be such a positive, <laughs> like, life-altering, town-changing thing that's happening. Oh, you think that's the end? Oh, it's not. It's not. Oh, all right, well, ready? let's keep it going. I mean, I'm not expecting any major turns, but <laughs> there's there's a bit more. Okay. Lily found herself enveloped in a cocoon of warmth and solace. The townsfolk offering their support and understanding as she grappled with the aftermath of her harrowing ordeal. In their collective embrace, she found a flicker of redemption. A fragile hope that whispered of the possibility of atonement and reconciliation amidst the darkness that had threatened to consume her. In the days that followed, Ravenbrook began to heal. Its scars a testament to the resilience of its people and their unwavering determination to defy the specter of darkness that had sought to claim their town. Lily, now haunted by the memories of her nightmarish transformation, resolved to dedicate her life to the restoration of her community, to serve as a beacon of hope amidst the lingering shadows that threatened to encroach upon their fragile peace. As the seasons shifted and the memories of their fateful Halloween night gradually faded into the annals of Ravenbrook's history, Lily remained a symbol of resilience and redemption, a testament to the enduring power of the human spirit to defy even the most malevolent forces that sought to engulf it in their unfathomable darkness. And in the quiet moments of solitude, as she gazed upon the tranquil beauty of her rejuvenated town, Lily found solace in the knowledge 
that the shadows of her past had not defined her, that she had triumphed over the horrors that had threatened to consume her, and that the light of hope would forever endure in the heart of Ravenbrook. Wow. Was that peachy enough for you at the end? I was going to say that could have ended a long time ago, but we wouldn't (laughs) have got that moment of realization, you know? Yeah. That 13 (laughs) moments of realization. Wow. That's, uh, see, I just, there's way too much of that. And the town found solace in knowing that they've together defeated this malevolent curse that has been cast upon them and (laughs) they will forever live in gratitude and blah 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 serving against the blah 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 it's like come on yeah and also i like that like she's like (laughs) i became victim to this mask so now i'm gonna help rebuild my community i think that's how i can give back yeah yeah. I bet they built a statue of her. I hope so, wearing the mask. <laughs> exactly. Or just a giant statue of just the mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the real hero. Right. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, that's uh yep. I thought it was gonna go like more in the direction of like you know, like the goosebumps yeah. uh story. A smaller story. The haunted mask, right. Yeah, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be like something cool. I, but now this okay, bitch is so, just out here in the forest, like dealing with her own shit. Yeah. One thing I'm I'm noticing is that ChatGPT has a really hard time writing small stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has to be like they're fighting like the very essence of evil in the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That it always, it's always some like mystical dark force that threatens to consume their very soul. You know what I mean? Like it's always so grandiose. And there, there of course always has to be a learning, like a a learning yeah. moment from all this, yep. like a takeaway. Don't go in the forest at night and put on a mask because you will want to spend the rest Destroy of your, days your entire town <laughs> rebuilding it. Um, yeah. yeah exactly just you know there's just way too much of that yeah and the I, stories are just too big my story's got that shit too so like i'm sure it does it does yeah. yes very much yeah. does <laughs> <laughs> that's out of my control i try to like i try to be specific please do yeah. not create a happy ending there yeah. doesn't need to be like any like no lessons learned exactly yes yeah yeah like make it to the point and end it yeah but no it's gonna add in you know two three four extra pages of just random shit that really is just like fluff yes very much fluff so there's a lot of fluff yeah like i said it was like six paragraphs and all she did was take like take the mask off and then pick it back up yeah exactly and it's like it's just it's like a thesaurus machine some it just says the same shit over and over different ways i mean yeah and yeah i would like to try and figure out 
you know, we're doing this AI experiment. I would like to try and refine, try and figure out a way to refine things to get at least smaller stories. Yeah. Like just something more streamlined, like more action, right? Yeah. Less, less internal dialogue, less like inner turmoil, all that shit. I mean, shit. use like, all of that in your prompt. Right. Yeah. See how it goes. I think so. Yeah. Maybe um, that's our goal for the next one. Yeah, we'll try and make Get it Get rid of, like, the blue and really stick to what we're focusing on. Yeah. Yep. As a as an as authors of short stories, you and I both write short stories a lot. Like, I would rather have three pages of that's that's of exactly action what I was gonna say. Yeah, than seven pages of fluff. Like a good story that's shorter versus a shit story that is there to just take up time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, in. I mean, perfect example in um, in Dark Village, the anthology, the book that just came out recently. Which, if you haven't picked it, picked it up, please go pick it up. Absolutely, one of the most impactful stories in the whole book was written by our friend Heather Mosier, and it's literally a page and a half. Yeah, the whole story—it's super short, but it fucking hits so hard it's beautifully written yeah that's one of the ones we'll actually be talking about on halloween absolutely yep and like length does not it does, that's one of the things like as a parent that really i struggle with with my kids going through like language arts classes because i i'm i've been reminded of how much those classes emphasize length Mm-hmm. Like, you have to write this much, you know? Right. And as a writer now, like, I I didn't understand back then, but I understand now that, like, there is serious value in being able to express yourself succinctly. Yeah. I mean, at like, the end of the day, you realize that size doesn't matter. It's the way you use it. It's qual- quality over... Quantity. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a takeaway for everyone here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but really, there's that that meme that was floating around a few months back that's like, all through school, they're like, give me 4,000 words on, on whatever. And then as soon as you hit the workforce, they're like, explain why this matters in 12 words. Right. Like, yeah, it's no one wants you to write fucking 5000 words explaining anything straight to the point and be like you want Pre- it to, precise right yeah. but you want it to be hard hitting yeah you know Absolutely. like no bloat no you know nothing there to like make it seem like i don't, I don't know it's just it it is it's silly it's silly yeah. to kind of think of it like that just because at the end of the day, that excess, those those extra words you're going to throw in and trying to find all this random stuff, like, yeah, it does, it really, it comes down to, like, you can make something that really is as good and it's powerful. Yeah. And half that, you know, without needing all the extra, 
yeah. this or that. The bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a rule when you're, when you're, when you've decided that you're going to use something as a source in a research paper, right? And it's basically when you're deciding whether you're going to quote someone or if you're going to paraphrase, right? You always quote, the rule is you, you quote directly if the original author, if you can't say it better than they said it, right? If it is the best way to write that thing, just quote it, right? Yeah. And basically, when you're writing a short story, you want every single line to be quotable. Like, economy of words is huge. You want to you say every sentence you want Agreed. to be written the best it could possibly be written. And if you're rewriting the same statement over and over again to fill space, that means you never said it the best way. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what we get a lot of in these stories, which it reminds me of reading like a, such a pain. It reminds me of reading like a seventh graders book report in that way that like, because they'll say like, you have to write two pages and it's like, well, I only had four sentences worth of shit to say about this. So they just have to figure out ways to say the same shit over and over again for two pages. Yeah. Every bit exactly. Of it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, on that note, are you ready to get another one? I am. I'm one? so stoked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my story for tonight is titled Halloween of the Dead. I actually like that. You said it had a shitty okay. title. Good. I actually like that. Oh, dude, you should see some of the other shittier titles that I, I'm... It doesn't matter. Although, may I suggest a punch-up for your title? Okay. Halloween Night of the Living Dead. See, I thought about that. Make it punny. Okay. Well then, altered now, Halloween Night of the Living Dead. I like it. Okay, there we go. As long as you like it, that's all that matters. We're here for each other, really. (laughs) That's all I care about. All right, let's get right into it. The small town of Ravenbrook, nestled in the heart of New England, had always been a quiet and picturesque place. Its colonial-style houses and cobblestone streets gave it an idyllic charm, and the townsfolk enjoyed a peaceful existence for most of the year. But Halloween was a different story. Every October 31st, As the sun dipped below the horizon and the full moon took its place in the inky sky, a dark and ominous cloud descended upon Ravenbrook. The town was no longer a serene New England haven. It transformed into a nightmare. For as long as anyone could remember, the legend of Ravenbrook's annual Halloween horror had passed down through generations. In the heart of the town stood the sprawling Riverside Cemetery, where the dearly departed rested in peace for most of the year. Yet, as the clock struck midnight on Halloween night, the departed were anything but at rest. They clawed their way from the earth, emerging from their graves like morbidly resurrected weeds, 
no one could explain the curse that plagued Ravenbrook. A sinister secret that the town had guarded for centuries. The ghastly tradition had been meticulously documented, year by year, by those brave souls who managed to survive it. This is one of those resolutions passed down by Lily when she rebuilt the town. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Most residents took refuge in their homes, praying the dead would pass them by as they roamed the streets in search of the living. But there were always those unfortunate few who ventured out for late-night errands or dared to go trick-or-treating not realizing the grisly fate that awaited them. As Halloween approached, a chilling unease settled over the town. The wind seemed to carry whispers of the horrors to come, and the children's laughter turned hollow, tinged with anxiety. Parents warmed their little ones of the town's gruesome tradition, and elders exchanged knowing glances a shared terror etched into their wrinkled faces. It was in this foreboding atmosphere that we meet Tommy and Sarah, two adventurous teenagers who were captivated by the spine-tingling stories of Ravenbrook's annual torment. Both had grown up in the town and had heard the tale since they were children. But as they approached their 16th Halloween, a reckless curiosity drove them to discover the truth for themselves. The crisp autumn evening arrived, and the town bustled with preparation for the night's events. Children and adults alike adorned themselves in elaborate costumes, not just for the thrill of the holiday, but also as a desperate attempt to blend in with the horrors that were to come. Tommy and Sarah, dressed as vampires in dark flowing capes, plotted their daring expedition. As darkness blanketed Ravenbrook, the two friends watched the sun's final descent from their vantage point, atop a hill that overlooked Riverside Cemetery. They observed the ghastly procession, ethereal figures emerging from the earth, their faces pale and twisted in silent agony, their clothing tattered and rotting. The sight sent shivers down their spines. The air grew colder, and the town's eerie transformation became increasingly evident. Lights flickered in houses as residents hurried to seal their doors and windows. The whispering wind carried the distant moans and wails of the undead, a haunting symphony that filled the air. It was a night of dread, but also of morbid fascination. Tommy and Sarah, having steeled their nerves set off into the heart of Ravenbrook as the moon reached its zenith in the sky. The town streets, usually so inviting, were now shrouded in a surreal darkness, the cobblestone seemingly glistening with malevolence. As they ventured deeper into the town, they passed the looming silhouette of the Gothic Revival-style church. Its towering spire seemed to pierce the heavens, as if trying to reach safety beyond the stars. Are you sure about this, Tommy? Sarah asked, clutching the lapels of her cape nervously. Tommy's voice trembled as he responded. We're just going to see what it's like out there, Sarah, just for a little while. We'll be safe as long as we stay together. 
Their footsteps echoed eerily on the deserted streets, and the wind howled through the trees like a mournful choir. The pair cautiously made their way past darkened storefronts, the windows boarded up with thick planks of wood. They had a sense that the town itself was hibernating, holding its breath, awaiting the horrors of the night. Rounding a corner, Tommy and Sarah heard a distant, ominous sound, like a bone-chilling chorus. The voices of the undead grew closer, and the two friends froze, their hearts pounding in their chests. They're getting closer, Tommy whispered, his breath visible in the cold night air. Sarah's eyes darted around, searching for a hiding place. The library! It's just around the corner, she said. We can hide there until they pass. The library was an, was an old, imposing structure, its architecture reminiscent of a haunted mansion from a gothic novel. Its double doors creaked open as Tommy and Sarah hurried inside, and they gently pushed them shut, hoping to muffle any sound that might give away their presence. In the dimly lit library, they huddled among dusty tomes and forgotten tales, their eyes fixed on the, t- on the tall windows that lined the walls. Beyond the glass, they saw the chilling spectacle of the undead, apparitions of various ages and states of decay, drifting by in a macabre parade. As they watched in silent horror, Tommy whispered, I can't believe we're seeing this. It's like a nightmare come to life. Sarah nodded, her eyes wide with fear. And we have to make sure it doesn't become our nightmare. Little did they know that this would be just the beginning of their harrowing journey through the horrors of Halloween Night in Ravenbrook. The undead had yet to reveal their true malevolence, and the town held dark secrets waiting to be unearthed. Inside the eerie confines of the library, Tommy and Sarah remained hidden, peering through the dusty windows at the grotesque spectacle that unfolded before them. The procession of the undead continued, their hollow eyes scanning the streets as they shuffled aimlessly, moaning and muttering incoherent words. As the minutes turned into hours, the young pair exchanged nervous glances. Realizing they had underestimated the terror of Halloween night in Ravenbrook, Sarah shivered and wrapped her arms around herself, the chill in the air seeping through her vampire costume. Tommy's fingers drummed impatiently on a nearby bookshelf, echoing in the eerie stillness. Are these teens new to Ravenbrook? They've been living there their whole lives, but they've never witnessed that them for them or for themselves. Gotcha. And apparently, you know, growing up, they were always just brought inside and never, yeah. you know, because I mean, most it sounds like most people are able to like board up their doors and windows and just wait it yeah. out. Like when I was when I was kind of thinking this up and thinking up of of my uh, my prompt, I was thinking more more along the lines of like the purge. Yeah. And how people like prep for the purge and yeah. stuff, and like wait it out, and then finally once it's done, like everybody returns back to normal, and it's just a normal you know every day in Ravenbrook. Imagine the panic knowing what goes on on Halloween as a parent, and your kid goes di- goes missing on Halloween night. Right, like 
These asshole kids. Also, <laughs> imagine knowing all this shit, and yet they like nobody's chosen to move. Yeah. There's like, oh, it's another Halloween. Uh, the dead turn back to life. Yeah. We uh, let's stay inside it's tonight. Just, uh, watch the movie. Life in Ravenbrook. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just crazy. I can't believe we're actually witnessing this. Sarah whispered, her voice trembling. It's like something out of a horror movie. Tommy's gaze remained fixed on the spectral figures outside. We need to wait until they return to the cemetery. The legends say they go back at midnight. We can't risk going out there until then. But as the minutes ticked away, their resolve waned. The library, despite its grandeur, felt oppressive and haunted, as if the countless stories contained within its books whispered tales of unspeakable dread. The air was thick with tension, and the sound of distant footsteps drew nearer. We should have stayed home, Sarah muttered, her eyes fixed on the door. Just then, the door to the library creaked open, and a chilling gust of wind swept inside. The two friends held their breath, listening as the footsteps approached. With a start, they realized the undead were now within the library itself. Shadowy forms shuffled between the shelves, their decayed hands reaching out as if searching for something. To read. <laughs> books. Instead of brains, it's books. Is the new... What was the one story where his, like, his whole thing... Oh, yeah. Like, the only thing in life that mattered to him was his yeah, books. Was reading all the books. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. Classic. Yeah. yeah that, that is a classic. I just like the idea of a zombie wandering into the library, like, is the new George R. R. Martin released yet? Sorry, man. Fresh you out, haven't been dead long enough. <laughs> I like that was a very standard zombie noise, but the context gave it this, like, this disappointment. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> He's like, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> oh, it's killing me. Yep. Tommy and Sarah remained hidden clinging to the shadows and hoping that the undead would pass them by. The creatures moved with an eerie grace, their ghostly pallor illuminated by the, by the dim moonlight filtering through the windows. Their eyes, hollow and vacant, stared unblinkingly at the rows of books. One of the undead, a gaunt figure with tattered rags for clothing, drew nearer to the hiding spot. Its skeletal fingers grazed the spines of the book, sending a shiver down Tommy's spine. He could see the remnants of a wedding ring on its bony hand, a stark reminder of the life it had left behind. Sarah's grip tightened on Tommy's arm, her breath shaky. The undead figure was now mere inches away, and its lifeless gaze turned toward them. Tommy and Sarah dared not breathe. 
praying that the creature would pass them by. Then, as if by some otherworldly intuition, the undead figure turned away and continued its aimless search among the shelves. He just realized he skipped the self-help section. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I mean, damn it. <laughs> A sigh of relief passed between the two friends, but they knew they couldn't stay hidden forever. Time was slipping away, and the graveyard was beckoning the undead back to their graves. We have to find a way out of here, Tommy whispered. We can't stay in the library all night. They waited until the coast was clear and then carefully made their way to the library's rear exit. The night outside was still bathed in an otherworldly glow, the moon casting long, eerie shadows that seemed to stretch toward them like sinister fingers. They hurried along the narrow alleyways, avoiding the undead and sticking to the shadows as they made their way toward Town Square. Ravenbrook's Town Square was a quaint place during the day, with its charming gazebo and rows of benches. But on Halloween night, it was transformed into a nightmarish battleground. The undead roamed in greater numbers here, drawn to the heart of the town by some sinister force. Tommy and Sarah crouched behind a gnarled tree, watching the gruesome sight unfold before them. The undead, their ranks swelling, began to converge in the center of the square. Their hollow, mournful cries echoed through the night, creating a discordant symphony of horror. As the clock tower in the square chimed midnight, the unthinkable happened. The undead figures suddenly froze in their tracks, their movements stilled as if by an unseen hand. A hush fell over the square, and an oppressive silence hung in the air. Then, with the slow, synchronized movement, the undead figures turned as one and began retracing their steps, shuffling back toward Riverside Cemetery. It was as if an invisible force had bound them to the cursed ground, compelling them to return to their graves as the town's ghastly tradition demanded. I'd move to Bear Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Same. I have a cool theory after you're, after you're done. Okay, all right. Tommy and Sarah watched in awe as the tonight's terrors retreated. The moon, no longer a witness to the nightmare, cast its cold light upon the departing figures. It was over. We did it, Sarah whispered, her voice filled with disbelief. Tommy nodded, his heart still pounding. We survived Halloween night in Ravenbrook. But as the last of the undead figures disappeared into the cemetery, they heard a faint, ghostly whisper on the wind. A voice that carried the secrets of Ravenbrook. The voice seemed to say, You may have survived, but you've seen what you weren't meant to see. The darkness of this town runs deeper than you can imagine. The chill in the air deepened as Tommy and Sarah exchanged fearful glances. Their adventure had revealed only a glimpse of the horrors that lurked beneath the surface of their peaceful town. The secrets of Ravenbrook its dark past and the enigmatic curse that plagued it 
remained shrouded in mystery. Little did they know that their journey was far from over, and the next Halloween night would bring even more terrifying revelations. As they made their way back home, their footsteps heavy with the weight of their newfound knowledge, they couldn't help but wonder what other horrors Ravenbrook held, waiting to be unearthed. I like it. Actually. It's surprisingly not terrible. Yeah, no happy ending. That's I yeah. mean they survive, but they made it through the night. Yeah. No one got chomped, unfortunately, that we know yeah, about. That's a bummer. They didn't see anyone else yeah. getting eaten. Although it seems the town pretty much has a handle on the problem. Like it can it, it kind of does. You just right. make sure you they get your just... grocery shopping done in the morning that day. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No biggie. Yeah. Yep. So here's my theory. So, years before this, the night that uh, Lily got masked, right? When she shredded up the mask, she tore up the mask and sprinkled it on the ground. Okay. I think the mask soaked into the soil of Ravenbrook. Ooh. And that's what... Basically casting a curse upon the yes. land. And that, that's what started the, the zombies. Like Heck, yeah. I were creating basically a universe here. So I was just thinking when you were talking about um, Riverside Cemetery. Yeah, I was like, it would be super cool to draw a map of Ravenbrook. Yeah, we yeah. should. That'd be cool. Like eventually, what this needs to turn into is an actual series, yeah. and we can turn it into either like a book series or a short story series that go into you know. And then, yeah, we can really, like, we can create some lore around Ravenbrook, yeah. a map, everything, with all that this keeps, like, building up. Yeah. Imagine how much, and then, imagine how much better it would be if we wrote it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we could take, like, these and, oh, re, yeah. you know, redo them, too. Yeah. Um, you know, because some of them actually like the way it's, it's written and the way it's told, but it could be, yeah. you know, it could be edited to sound a lot For better. Sure. Um, but yeah, and then we can go the beast of Bear Creek or whatever it is. Yeah, we can do that, and that could literally be a town over. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Or this could be like Ravenbrook County and Ravenbrook itself and Bear Creek are in the same county. I like it. I mean, there's, there's endless possibilities. It's It's true. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of, uh, Night Vale. Have you ever listened to the the podcast Welcome to Night Vale? I have. It was not. like the first. It was one of the first fictional podcasts that got really big. And it's like basically the the format of the show. It's like the local radio station in this town where mm-hmm. lots of weird shit goes on. They yeah. like it's broadcasts from the radio station where they're like. I like that idea. That's yeah, pretty they're cool. like discussing the weird shit that goes on in the town, or they're making announcements, or you know what I mean. And some of the episodes are mm-hmm. like four or five minutes long, and some of them are longer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty entertaining. That's cool. But yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so as we continue the month, uh, the month of October, I think we have what one more. Uh-huh. Friday night fright before the month uh yeah, before the month ends. 
So we have to really bring it in our final episode, at least our final episode of Friday Night Fright for October. Spooky season. Next month, Friday Night Frights are going to be all about turkey season and the horrors of Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Like having to talk to your family. (laughs) The turkey slaughter of 99. Yeah. That's a good year for it. And that's where the turkeys like fin together and slaughter all the humans, by yes. the way. I might I might steal yes. that premise actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I doubt I will remember. Yeah. So <laughs> um Yeah, it's um and we're we're still working out. We may start doing more of these than once a month. Uh, yeah, going well, forward. We've been really having a lot of fun with them and they do extremely well. Yeah. I mean, I get so much feedback about how they how people really love Friday Night Fright. Yeah. Same. Because it's more of just the storytelling, which I know is my favorite part of our normal episodes. Yeah. Like, I love to, like, talk about them and just have fun with it. But I also love listening to the stories. Yeah, same. Same. And, and we'll definitely... Friday Night Fright, you get more of that. We'll definitely still, um, still be doing fireside chats but i think we're gonna be we're gonna be doing less of those than previously so that we can work in yep. more friday night frights yeah i i think i think we owe it to ourselves yeah and our fellow camper listeners camperinningtons yeah for sure camperinos <laughs> you sexy campers <laughs> that's what they are <laughs> no i mean i just you know the stories are fun. They are. They're they're fun to mess with too. So. And it's a little more relaxed. It's more like we're having fun with it. We're right. Yeah. We get more more chatting done. The format sucks to edit, but it's a lot of fun to listen yeah, to. Absolutely. Well, Ryan. Um well done tonight. Yeah, I like it. You as well. Also, cam- campers, well. look out for uh, campfire classics that are going to be coming out sprinkled yes. throughout the rest of the month. Um, yep, we just had one drop uh, on Monday. Yep. We'll be having another one drop this week, so be on the lookout for it. Yeah, I did a uh, a reading of the Body Snatcher by Robert Louis Stevenson. It's a super fucked up story um, by the fella who's famous for writing Treasure Island and. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, go and do it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. If I do say so myself. And also, if you have a moment, share the share the show with your friends, your family, yeah. their family, their friends, all of your loved ones. Yeah, your grandparents. Just everyone. Give them something spooky to listen. Everyone to. you know, just take their phone right out of their hands and subscribe to our podcast in their yes. podcast app. Just do it. Remind them weekly. Just set up a, just set up reminders in their phone yeah. for them. If you need to, do whatever you can yep. to spread the love. Share on your socials for sure. And yeah. uh go over to patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. Because more listeners, more plays, more patrons. More downloads means more content yeah. for all of you. And it you. means the show just gets better and better. Exactly. And imagine us having a lot more time on our hands to right. work on just the show. Yeah. 
Ooh, it would get so good. Better than <laughs> anyone could imagine. It would get so dude. So if you want that goodness, that goodness that we can provide to your insa- insatiable ear holes, <laughs> then go and do it. Together, only we can prevent forest fires. And on that note, I think that wraps up Friday Night Fright, 18.